0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Welcome in on a Sunday night to The Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me, being a little bit quiet because the little guy is uh, sleep in the next room, so I'm gonna have to be a little, a uh, little low key. Hope that's okay with you. But oh, I'm always glad uh, that you are with me, whether you're listening on one of the two radio shows I'm on, uh, the daily show or the Sunday show or the morning live stream, and of course on here. Uh, can't thank you enough for tuning in and making my content a part of your day, whenever. That may be. Of course, tonight we're talking about the series between Ole Miss and Mississippi State, where Ole Miss dropped two in Starkville. Uh, some extended thoughts for you. I've done some tweeting today about it. Um, and I want to expand on that some. I was going to do one of these anyway, of course, regardless of the outcome, but especially because of what the outcome was. Uh, got some thoughts about the series, what it means moving forward, all that good stuff coming up right here. First, real quick. Uh, The podcast, this podcast is brought to you by LB's, uh, the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. And it's right there in Oxford, just across from Kroger on University Avenue. Uh, Go by and see Greg and tell him I sent you. And like I said, best place in Mississippi to get your meat. They also have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday. But uh, the weather's going to be beautiful uh, over the next week. And you do have baseball next weekend. So if you're going to be in town or if you already are in town and you want to put something on the grill, Uh, LB's is the best place to do it. And again, Greg will do the cooking for you uh, Monday through Friday with one of their daily lunch specials. It's really good stuff. Uh, Stop by and see him and tell him I sent you. All right. So going in, uh, when we previewed this series all week on the radio show, I talked about it some today, of course, on on the Sunday morning show. uh, You knew that the margin for error in this series was going to be very, very thin. Uh, It seemed going in like it was a very evenly matched series, two really good teams. Uh, Mississippi State was playing really good baseball, two series sweeps in a row. Uh, Ole Miss, even after Tim Elko's injury, hit the baseball really, really well against Arkansas. Uh, Had a flaw, a fatal flaw, which was the bullpen, but hit the ball well. Two really good teams. Um, what was expected to be and what was an incredible atmosphere for three days. Um, The margin for error in this series was really, really, really thin. And that reared its head, especially on Sunday. Uh, The team that made the most mistakes, whether it be personnel decision or just on the field, was the team that lost the series, kind of as we predicted going into it. But, You've seen, of course, anytime Ole Miss loses a series, let alone one to Mississippi State, you've got dramatics on on both sides. Uh, I do this thing during football season where I say all of this can be true at once. I need a catchier phrase for that because I do it weekly. But everything can be true at the same time when you're talking about this series uh, or anytime Ole Miss wins or loses. You've got one side that is you know, fire Bianco, it's time, all that stuff. You know, the coach is terrible, fire him, everything sucks, the world is on fire, and then you've got the other side um, where everything's okay, you're you're overreacting, everything's great, all that stuff. And the truth usually falls somewhere in the middle. With most things, especially related to sports, uh, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. When you look at this series, or at least when I look at this series and its outcome in a vacuum... It's not the end of the world. I mean, uh, it, it took what was in hindsight, and not even really in hindsight, everybody kind of knew what was going to happen at the time, but Ole Miss had a 4-2 to lead on Sunday late in the game where um, Mike Bianco sends Josh Mallets in the game, and and that lead went from 4-2 to to 7-4 to uh, very quickly. That's what it took to lose this series. On the road, in front of, what was it, 11, 13, and 12,000 people or whatever. Big Atmospheres, top five team on the road. It took late heroics from Mississippi State on Sunday to win the series. In a vacuum, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's like what I said after the Arkansas series. I mean, look at what happened against Arkansas. You split the first two games, and it took Arkansas scoring 18 runs on you on Sunday to lose the rubber match. Those were two very evenly matched teams last weekend in Oxford. Excuse me. Uh, Allergies kicking my butt. Did some yard work today, and I'm feeling it. Um, But those are two evenly matched teams in Oxford last week, and Arkansas just Barely edged out Ole Miss. And then this week, it's the same thing. Evenly evenly matched teams in Mississippi State just barely beat Ole Miss on Sunday in the rubber match. So in a vacuum, if this series was just in isolation, I'd be sitting here telling you it's not the end of the world. And it's still not, but it feels different now. Even though I think that this Ole Miss team has all of its goals still in front of it. This is where... All of these things can be true at once. Um, I I think Ole Miss still, even after this, is a baseball team that is is very good. Um, You've got starting pitching now, and it looked like you figured out your issues on Sunday, at least in the starter spot. you got three really good pitching performances. The offense is still capable, even without Tim Elko. Like This is a baseball team still, even after this series loss, that I think can make a deep postseason run. I think they are absolutely more than capable of doing that. It can also be true that losing these three series in a row the way they have is a red flag because, yes, they're very close. Very close. Florida's a a very talented team. It was on the road. Arkansas is the number one team in the country, and it took 18 runs for them to beat you on Sunday. Mississippi State's a top five team on the road. It took heroics late in the game on Sunday for them to win that series. You're very close. But those teams made the plays, and you did not. So you're close, but three weeks in a row now you've lost a series. So it can be true that this is a baseball team that is still capable of making a deep postseason run. I still firmly believe that. They are talented. They've got pitching. They've got hitting. They're good in the field for the most part. Um, Bullpen there's some questions there, obviously, but they are absolutely capable, I think still today, of making that kind of a run. There's also some red flags that have come up in these close series the last few weeks, and it's also true that lately um, Mississippi State owns Old Miss as of late. All of those things can be true at once. Uh, there's good and, of course, bad from this weekend, so that's what I'm going to do for the rest of this is I'm going to look at the bad first. And then the good. So what was bad, what was good, what is true, at least as I see it. So the bad, I think, because this isn't a vacuum, it has to be stated. Even though this weekend was close. Excuse me. uh, This weekend was close. Two really good teams battled it out. All three games. Uh, So in a vacuum, it's not the end of the world. But right now... Mississippi State flat out owns Ole Miss. What is it? Five series wins in a row. Mississippi State has beaten Ole Miss 16 times in the last 19 tries. You've had three different coaches in that time span, and it's the same result. So while this year I think the talent is, is equal, and in fact, I could hear an argument that Ole Miss has more raw talent, more talent than Mississippi State, but yet here we are Again, Talking about another series loss to Mississippi State. Talent's not the issue here. Mississippi State's not a more talented baseball team than Ole Miss. But yet here we are again, Mississippi State beating Ole Miss again. 16 of 19. Th- that's not by accident. I mean, that that is a huge concern. And if you guys listen to me, Anytime you hear me tell you that one game or one opponent does not make a season, you shouldn't wrap your mindset around the outcome of a series against one opponent or a game against one opponent. We had the debate on the radio. Would you take eight and four and lose the Egg Bowl or six and six and win the Egg Bowl? Uh, I think that answer is eight and four, a 100 times out of 100. Uh, but I had some people that disagreed with that. Uh, the point is, just losing to Mississippi State is not the end of the world. However, they own you right now. That's just a fact. They flat out own you right now. What is the reason for that? Why are they able to win 16 of 19 against you? When, If you told me Mississippi State was, quote, more talented, I I don't think I'd buy that. I could buy that they are equally talented, and I could even buy that Ole Miss has more just pure talent on their baseball team, but Mississippi State beat them again. Mississippi State made the necessary plays. Mississippi State, when they went to the bullpen on Friday, slammed the door on Ole Miss. On Sunday, Mississippi State down two runs late in the game, strung a bunch of hits together and blew the game wide open and won the series again on Sunday. Why is it not you that is making those plays? Why for the last five years is it Mississippi State that is doing that to you and not you to them? I think it's a fair question to ask. Uh, right now, right now, they own you. I still, like I said before, I think that it is a team that is good, that is capable, that can make a deep postseason run. Even though that is true, at some point that question needs to be answered. Why is it that they are owning you right now? Why is it that they can break through and make it to Omaha multiple times? If the teams are so evenly matched, if Ole Miss and Florida are equal, if Ole Miss and Arkansas are equal, if Ole Miss and Mississippi State are equal, why were they able to take two all three weekends? Why is that the case? Because I think talent-wise, they're as equal as they can get. But why is it that Ole Miss has only won three games over the last three weekends? Something's wrong there. Something is amiss. It's fair to point that out, um, and then bullpen decisions. I mean, that's going to be the story of the weekend is bullpen decisions. Um, I've had people tell me, you know, over the last few hours on, on Twitter that it, bullpen decisions cost Ole Miss both Friday and Sunday, and I'm not exactly buying Friday. Now, I think that going to Diamond in that moment. Uh, was not the best decision. Obviously, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. It didn't work out. But um, Diamond being the first guy out of your bullpen after you took him out of the Sunday role because he was giving up too many runs early, and then putting him in that spot in a one-run game didn't like that decision when he was coming out of the pen. But that didn't cost you the game because your offense didn't score after he entered the ball game. And Hoagland gave you seven complete, and it was three to two, and you lose the game. I, I just, I cannot, um, I cannot criticize that decision. Um, I, I simply cannot criticize that decision when your offense didn't score any runs. Like, yes, maybe the approach was different or something like that, but Diamond stepped in when it was three to two. You didn't score in the top of the eighth. You didn't score in the top of the ninth. That's, I mean, that's not on Bianco. That's not on, or, or that's not on the bullpen decision. You would have lost anyway, even if you got shut down innings. So I'm not going to talk about Friday, but Sunday. Um, that is the point of contention, and that is why a lot of people are fired up. And I agree. Um, McDaniel gave you exactly what you needed. Um, Just a great game, honestly, for his first start in in that kind of moment. Not his first start, of course, but in that kind of moment, in that role. And he absolutely delivered. Five and a third um, through 91 pitches. Struck out only four, but but gave you five and a third and two runs on a Sunday. That is exactly what you need from your Sunday guy. And and that was very good. But in that moment, when you're up four to two, why – it, it, and it's, this isn't a hindsight thing. Why is Mallets the first guy out of the pin? I, I simply cannot rationalize that decision. I don't. I cannot figure out why that is the first guy out of the pin. Especially either a, I would not have criticized if McDaniel stayed in the game. I, I really. I would not have. I would not have criticized if McDaniel stayed in the game. Truly. Um, because it worked for Nikhazy the day before. If you tried to let him work himself out of that, I would not have criticized that today. But if you're going to make a change in that moment, if you need to get Drew McDaniel out of that game, why is it Mallets, who has done nothing but give up runs? I mean, the three-time... I mean, even against North Alabama, but... Arkansas absolutely shelled him his last time out. And you have Broadway in the pen that has not pitched yet on the weekend. And he has shown you before that he can go extended innings. He did it in Arlington. He pitched four innings of great ball. And instead, you you go to Mallets in that moment, uh, who is now your second most used bullpen arm. And, And that I got a text message. When that happened, I got a text message that said in all caps, it said mallets with question mark, explanation point, question mark, explanation point before all of that happened. Like I said, it's not a hindsight thing. It, it feels like everybody knew what was coming except for the person that trotted him out there. Um, I, mean, I don't know. Criticizing for the Miller decision it might be a little much because he should have gotten out of it. I mean, a misplayed ball is the reason he didn't really. But uh, in that moment, um, just a bad decision. Uh, one that just didn't make sense in the moment. You had Broadway ready and you showed that you were willing to bring Broadway in and let him finish the game. So why didn't you go to him right away? He hadn't pitched all weekend. You needed to win that game. I I don't understand that at all. Again, not a hindsight thing. I I don't understand that at all. But, I mean, if you really didn't want to go to Broadway, there were better options there, whether it be Myers or Kimbrell. And and I know know, they, they have limited innings. The correct answer is you go to Broadway. That's what should have happened. And by the time you put them in, it's too late. Just a, a, a decision that might haunt that team for a while. And um, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. but I don't know a single person that liked it before the onslaught of hitting uh, began after that. I, I don't quite understand it. And um, I, I've seen... An argument also that um, the, the word was immaterial. Whether Broadway should have come in sooner is, quote, immaterial. You've got to have multiple guys you can trust in the bullpen. Uh, you're not always going to have your go-to guy fully rested on Sunday, and your go-to guy can't always be perfect. I mean, that, that's, that's the argument. Um, it's a bad one because in this game, in this moment, Um, It's not about should. Well, I should have a bullpen arm, so therefore I'm going to go to him. Well, you don't. And you have your most reliable relief pitcher ready, rested, hadn't pitched all weekend. You have to, if you're going to make a change, you have to go to him in that moment Um, and not a guy that was mashed by Arkansas the week before. Um, Just a a decision that, to me, um, cannot at all um be rationalized at all cannot be rationalized and it may have cost them it, uh, it may have cost them so um that's the bad uh, right now you're just owned by Mississippi state i mean that's just reality you're just owned by them and um personnel decisions head scratching bullpen relinquishing an opportunity to win another series just rough just rough right now. Uh, but there was some good. So turning the page, that's the bad. There was some good. Um, and it's starting pitching. I, I think right now you've got three arms. I, I mean, today was just excellent. Uh, is Exactly what you needed, like I said, uh, from Drew McDaniel. Uh, especially his first time in that role, in, in a big moment, in a big atmosphere. He was a little shaky early and recovered nicely and just pitched a great game, considering the task at hand. Um, you solved, at least it feels like you solved your Sunday problems for sure. Uh, with going away from diamond and going to him, uh, Hoagland was good enough on Friday, just didn't get enough around him, um, to make that start worth it. But he was good in that moment on Friday. Friday was just one of those games in the sec where you've got two heavyweights going at it and you just fell short, um, but Hoagland was good. Nikhazy, that was just so unbelievably impressive. The, the intestinal fortitude, uh, knowing that it's the most important game of your season so far in front of 13,000 people and you shove a complete game, one hitter in front of 13,000 people with all the pressure on you. That's just big boy stuff right there. I, I mean, that was just so impressive from Nikesey. Uh, I don't know what more can be said. I, that that may be, and a lot of people that are more Ole Miss historians than me have said this, so I'll take their word for it. That was the most impressive, the best regular season pitching performance in the history of Ole Miss. Um, you had Christian Trent in the Super Regional that people will talk about. Um, I think what what we saw on Saturday was more impressive than that, even though, yes, it was with the season on the line. He didn't throw a complete Game 1 hitter, though. Uh, but the stakes do change things anyway. And, and then Drew Pomeranz uh, on two days rest. That I mean, that's what that kind of performance is with. Unbelievably impressive in such a significant spot. And, uh, man, did he deliver. He he really delivered. So starting pitching uh, is just great for Ole Miss right now. Just great. And that is the biggest reason why I think that this team is still capable of of reaching all the goals that all the fans and, of course, the team themselves had set for them uh, going into the season. Um, Everything is still in front of them, I think. And a lot has to do with their starting pitching. And yet again, for another weekend, um, the bats are good enough. You know, you only score two runs on Friday. Uh, There were chances to have more. There are a couple times today where you had bases loaded. Swung at first pitch on bases loaded with a new pitcher at – it, you know, hindsight, of course. Um In hindsight, maybe let him take a couple pitches. Um, And then also after a four-pitch walk, you swing at the first pitch and get out of the inning instead of making him work for it when he showed you he was reeling. That's a, a couple of mistakes there. But by and large, you've got the starting pitching, and even without Tim Elko, you've got the offense uh, that can absolutely win a regional, that can win a super regional. Those things are still in front of this team without a doubt, Uh, even with the third series loss in a row. That team is very, very close to being very good. I don't know how you solve the issues in the bullpen. Uh, I think today, going to Broadway right away may have been the difference. That didn't happen, but that may have been the difference. But uh, there is an issue there. There's not a whole lot of reliable bullpen arms right now. It is that team's Achilles heel. But because they have an Achilles heel – doesn't mean they're not a great warrior, right? I mean, Achilles was awesome until he got shot with the arrow. Uh, and, and I think this team is is close. They are right there, and they are still capable, absolutely capable. And this weekend did not do anything to convince me otherwise. They are absolutely capable still of uh, meeting all of those goals. They're right there. Starting pitching is, is solid. It's very good. It's elite on Friday and Saturday. And if you get that on Sundays, you've got a real chance. Um at being a really good baseball team. Just got to find more reliable arms out of the pen. And luckily for Ole Miss, the next three weeks are so much easier than the three weeks you just got past. So you host LSU, who lost a series to South Carolina. You host South Carolina, who's absolutely winnable for you. And then you go to Texas A&M, which, again, is an absolutely winnable series. These next three weeks for Ole Miss, they're playing against teams that they are better than, and it's a chance to stockpile some wins and get some confidence back. Everything is still in front of them. Regional host is still in front of them. They can play their way back into a national seed. Everything is still there. Just because right now Mississippi State has just owned them, uh, just because they've lost three series in a row to three really good teams does not mean that uh, their goals are, are not right in front of them still. And it does not mean that over the next three weeks, they have a chance to to stockpile a bunch of wins. Uh, and I think they're going to do that. Um, as long as this hasn't shot their confidence. I don't think it has. Um, it, everything's still in front of them. So everything can be true at once. It, it's a good baseball team capable of winning at the highest level. They are still there. I'm not going to even engage in the fire coach conversation. I'm not, I'm not even going to engage in it because that, that's just not, it's not worth talking about right now. Uh, they're still there. They're still capable. There are some red flags. you, you got to wonder how Mississippi State is able to just do this five series in a row now. Um, you've got to wonder ha- how you can be this close, and you're just coming up short now against the best teams on your schedule. But there's a lot of good still with them. They are still capable of getting there. We'll see if they do. It's not the end of the world. Red flags are up, though. It's frustrating, I'm sure, to have Mississippi State beat you again. But everything's still in front of them. So hopefully I sum that up well for all of you. Uh, thank you uh, for tuning in, as uh, as you do, sometimes or always. And uh, I'll talk to you guys uh, again this week. i got some football stuff to get to as well. Um Spring game coming up this weekend. Things to look at uh, in terms of that. I know Mississippi State just had theirs, and uh, I spent some time on the Sunday show overreacting to what I saw. So I'll do that again for uh, for Ole Miss as well. But thank you guys for tuning in. Always glad that you are with me, and I will talk to you uh, again here uh, this week. Everything's okay. At least it can be. Uh, team just has to respond. So I'll talk to you guys this week, and you have a good one.